the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Happy Monday to you. Thanks for coming along today. Kath, good to see you as well. Nice to be here, John. Yes. Okay, so uh, Christmas. You know, um... Are you, weren't we really? What, you, now, now because, like, back to school time, is it like you're jumping ahead? Christmas. Let's just... Tone down the editorial there. I'm just, I'm just, okay. wa- I'm just wondering because it's the 20th of August. <laughs> Christmas. Once all the big presents have been opened, mm-hmm. in our family at least, then mm-hmm. you find your way to your stocking. Okay. Right. Then you undo the stocking. Okay. Minutia. I was about uh, eight years old. Remember this like it was yesterday. Went to my stocking. There, tucked inside my stocking, was another present. It was a small little box. I opened it up, took off the little wrapping paper. Inside was my very first fully owned transistor radio. <gasps> oh, yeah. No. With an earplug that you stick in your ear there, turn that radio on. Are you kidding me? You are listening to the world in your <gasps> ear. I mean, I thought that I died and went to heaven. I could not believe the miracle that was presented before me. Eight years old. That's a fabulous story. I remember how many nights I'd be in bed, and this is true for a lot of kids of my generation, you'd be in bed under the covers with the radio on mm-hmm. and listening to a pirate game. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I thought I thought this was the apex of technological prowess, <laughs> that I could be alone in bed mm-hmm. listening to a pirate game and rooting for the bucks. That was radio. That is radio today. Christmas of fifth grade for me. Yeah. I remember uh, being in my parents' living room, uh, my sister and I both, um, and I opened up, and as did she at the same time, matching clock radios. Whoa. Okay. Listen. And. Digital. They were digital. Yeah. So there was no like of this little flip. Oh, no. Flip. Okay. Digital thing. AM, FM radio. Oh, yeah. And this is what was so... I still remember how shocking this was. My dad said, you can set the alarm so that the radio comes on. What? That's crazy. So it wasn't a beep beep. No, it no. It was just, here comes the radio. Yeah. Here's your favorite song in the... I mean, yeah. I'm telling you, I thought... I, I seriously... We were so, so excited about this. Yes. It was just, uh, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And then I remember, let me just, I don't mean to best you, John, oh, but no, you know, I just, I, I'm getting all excited about it. I remember being in seventh grade Christmas and my sister and I again getting matching radios. What? Okay. Again, getting matching radios. But these were the, the uh, General Electric Bathmate radios. 
that you could put in your bathroom and the radio somehow would magically not be bothered by all of the steam and moisture in there, <laughs> but would continue working at this at its optimal rate. Yeah. I still have a, a General Electric bathmate radio. <laughs> It's not the same one. Sadly, I had to replace it. Yeah. But I got that got in seventh what? grade. Very Because nice. that was when I started being lo- like in love with the voices I heard coming yes. out of my radio. We say this, Kath's story, my story, because today is National Radio Day, a one-a-year day celebration. Mm-hmm. We celebrate all things radio. So thank you for tuning in. If you're celebrating National Radio Day, you're yep. doing so by listening to us here on 101.5 Word FM. How about those – How about did you ever have a shortwave radio that would pick up shortwave? Because you know, I remember being in my bedroom and listening to, like, some language, Polish, Ukrainian, mm-hmm. somewhere, and thinking – I can't believe it. I can't believe it's happening. This is so mm-hmm. far away, and they're in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. I'm listening right now. I don't have a word. I, I can't understand a word they're saying. And I don't know how many times I asked my dad to explain how radio works. Yeah. You know, the FM and the AM. Yeah. And I, it's still magical. It's just, I don't care how many times I have someone explain it to me. Well, we have a radio engineer here who's full-time on staff. We should bring Randy Dietrich in to explain themselves. We should. Yeah. I don't know how interesting that would be for people oh, no, no. to hear how AM and FM radio works. I've been but... out to the transmitter site. I know. That's you... fabulous. You yeah. kidding me? Oh, my gosh. You get all geeked out. Favorite radio personalities as you were growing up? Or just I should just say favorite radio personalities in general. Favorite radio person- Current or past? Well, always as a kid growing up at the breakfast table, Jack Bogan. Mm-hmm. I mean, what an incredible – that guy – uh, Jack, that guy, he's still alive. He's still on the radio. Are that you kidding ra- me? That Jack Bogut radio in the morning was the absolute best of radio because he was your friend and a great storyteller, funny and engaged. I just love Jack Bogut. When mm-hmm. I saw, I met him like, you know, I don't know, 20 years ago, my hand shook a little bit. Like I kind of trembled. Like mm-hmm. I could not believe I was meeting Jack Bogut. I loved him so much. I'll hear your Jack Bogut and I will raise you okay. Myron Cope. <laughs> oh, yeah. Myron Cope as well. Fabulous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Myron Cope was the was the first person I ever heard talk about sports that was funny. Mm-hmm. Because when I was a kid, the people that talked about – I mean, sports was just coming onto the radio at that point, other than listening to pirate games. But yep. like sports talk right. was just a thing that was kind of being created. And when I thought of sports kind of talk at that point, I thought of um, Howard Cosell. And Howard Cosell was not funny. He was dry. He was not funny Hugely at all. Hugely talented. Of course. Myron Cope, super funny. Yoy and double yoy. Exactly. I mean, the Christmas. remember the Christmas carols? <laughs> Deck the Broncos, they're just Yonkos. It was just ridiculous. I just got, I can't stand it. I See, love it so much. Myron Cope is proof positive that just about anybody with a brain can do radio. Because he's the, I mean, that voice... That oh, is, he should never have been in radio exactly. because that voice would have disqualified him. But, I mean, what a super bright guy oh, who was gosh. incredibly in- intelligent and really entertaining. Uh, you know, and somebody grabbed Myron Cope and said, you are lightning in a bottle. You're, yep. You need to be on the air. Mm-hmm. I yeah. agree. So, okay, so who else Who else do you think of when you think of How about radio uh, Ed and Wendy King? I never heard them. What? Party no, I never line. Did. Party line, late at night. So my, you know, like this is true for you, I'm sure even to this day, even our boss was part of this. Um a lot of old people would stay up late at night and listen to overnight radio, which used to be a mainstay. Now, overnight radio has become, you know, um, sort of syndicated. 
But kind of syndicated? Well, mostly. It, like completely syndicated. Yeah. There's no, there are no, there's no live, local there's voices. There's no local voices yeah. at all, zero overnight. Well, Ed and Wendy King, I think they would take the radio airwaves at 10 o'clock every evening on okay. KDKA. And they stayed up, I don't know how long the show was, but they were fabulous. A married couple. And just yada, yada, they do like a little party pretzel. Mm-hmm. They tell stories, tell jokes. I, I love those guys. Ed and Wendy King. Yourself? Uh, I will say the one that you and I loved so much, Doug Hirth. Oh, yeah. Absolutely inimitable. Mm-hmm. One of the great radio shows. Of all time. Of all time. In any city, no matter where it is. Yeah. Doug Hirth was, it was just the king. He sure was, yeah. What about? Um, Chuck Brinkman. Who's that? He was a radio DJ back in the 60s on KQV. Okay. Playing the hits. Uh, when they were playing the hits and they were giving stuff away, I mean, you know, you, you got, we'd answer our home phone, you know, something like, KQV plays the top 40. Hello. You know, just thinking they would call you and you would get a prize. So everybody who, you know, called your house, they'd hear the same pitch. You were pitching for the radio station. <laughs> I was going to say, that's some kind of good trick they it was had that going. So, of course. You were pitching. Everyone, you call all your friends, they'd go, KQV top 40. You know, that, everybody would do the same thing. Okay, what about Bill Hillgrove? Oh, Bill Hillgrove's fine. I, I don't have a great affection for oh, Bill. I don't. What? I don't have a great affection for Bill. You Hillgrove. don't hear Bill Hillgrove's voice and get excited that there's a game? Not particularly. Oh, <laughs> sorry to disappoint Sean. you. It's the truth. Sorry to disappoint you. No. Pit basketball. No, not Pit really. Football. No. The Steelers. I'd hear Dick Grote. What? I'd love to hear Dick Grote, but I. I... No, All not right. Really. No. Okay. Um. What about uh, Bob Prince? Bob Prince. Bob Prince. Oh my God! See, now I don't remember. I never uh, heard Bob Prince. Uh, I don't remember the day him. they fired Bob Prince. I just thought somebody ripped out my heart. Oh, okay. I loved Bob Prince. I mean, Bob Prince to me was the Pirates. What about Milo Hamilton? <laughs> no, sorry. Okay, that's a tough. Tr- Poor Milo Hamilton. I just felt. Did bad. he come right after? Yes, he did. He was destined to fail. What about Lanny for Terry? Eh. Okay. Well, here's the deal. Wow, he's Go- a t- Mike, he's a tough sell. No, no, no. Guys like Bob Prince, you know, Harry Carey, mm-hmm. th- that, that was, was pre-corporate right. sound. Those are the guys who sort of invented the sound of baseball, you know, Red Barber, that kind of thing. The guys today, they all sound like guys in suits to me. Meh, it's kind of soulless. I'm sorry. What about, you know, someone I thought was really uh, much better on radio than TV was Larry King. I agree 100%. Yeah, me too. Once Larry, yeah, good. I li- so you did yep, too. I, I listened did. to Larry King overnight. Yeah, I did too. Right, fabulous. Yeah, I thought he did. Great a, I thought he did a much better job. Except he never read any books. <laughs> He'd interview people about their book and never yeah, read no it. I never read anything, so he was so, clueless. That was the Martin Short character. Martin Short does the. <laughs> who has no right. clue? No what idea. He's talking about. No, no idea no. what he's talking about. No. You know, Jim Bohannon. Oh, I like Jim Bohannon. He took over for Larry King when yeah, Larry yeah. King went to TV. He's still on the mm-hmm. air. Does a fine job. Uh, I, I like him a lot. Yeah, I like him a lot. What about what about this guy? Garen's got the puck across me, Rich Sox. Oh, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? That guy. Oh, get in the fast lane, Grandma. The bingo <laughs> game is ready to roll. Mike Lang. Holy okay, heck. so there, there are a few voices in hockey that are really recognizable yeah. You know, yeah. to people outside of a market. And I think he might be he might be one of the only ones. Oh, yeah. No, oh, no, no, him no. and Don Cherry. No, you think definitely. so? Definitely, most definitely. Wait, oh, who's yeah. doing, the, totally who's doing the network games, uh, the Penguin Network games? Uh, you know, Doc, oh. Doc Emmert. Oh, Doc. Yeah, of course. Doc I mean, that oh, guy why did incredible. I? Right, of course. Yeah. Of course. A G- he's a genius. Yes. But, I, but when I was saying that, I mean Mike Lang being a local market. Sure, sure, sure. I, there are very few people who would recognize someone from a local market. Right. 
who's not from that market. Anyway, I mean Doc Emmerich oh. at the apps. I can't think of a person who calls any sport. No, I agree. Any yeah. sport, no matter what it is, who's better than Doc? There's no doubt. I, I agree, 100. percent Yeah, he's just in a, a class by himself. Anyway, we talk about our radio memories because mm-hmm. today is National Radio. I Day. could go on and on. Yeah. You cut me off. Do you ever, sorry. <laughs> Did you ever watch the Woody Allen film called Radio Days? No. Fun, oh, you know what? Do. When I saw it was National Radio Day, I went on Amazon. Yeah, and that's what came up. Yeah, but it's not available. Oh, it's not. Mm-mm. That's a great That's a great movie. All right. Uh, we'll take a break. Uh, we're going to go to the White House. Greg Cluxton back with us after a two-week vacay. Yes. What's happening in and around Washington, D.C., live from the nation's capital? It's straight ahead here, the ride home on Word FM. WORD. In touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. Walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. And the way you maintain your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ and through the Holy Spirit and live the Spirit-filled life is setting our mind on those things and not tolerating anything else. In touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. Helping you grow in Christ every day. Tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. Many of you know my friend Todd Marley, or you've worked with him in the past at Marley Financial. And so you probably know that they were the first and still the best option for individual health insurance, providing both traditional and non-Obamacare plans. But did you know that now they're also offering the best group health plans in the nation? Typical savings up to 40%. If you've got a small group, a medium group, even a large group, Marley's got you covered, giving you and your employees access to national Networks where you can go to any hospital of your choice. Highmark, UPMC, Mayo Clinic, Johns Hopkins, whatever, because Marley's giving you the power to choose what's best for you and also what's best for your employees, whether they're W-2 or 1099 subcontractors, because you can forget the usual headaches of things like minimum participation or employer contributions. So give Marley Financial a call now, 724-884-1496, and find out what it's like to work with the most innovative agency in Pennsylvania. 724-884-1496 or online at marleyfg.com. Life doesn't stop on the weekends and neither do you. So we understand that it can be hard to find the time to shop for a mattress. This is Robin Trzinski of the Original Mattress Factory, and we have a completely new website designed to help you simplify the mattress shopping experience. Check out our products, view our prices, and even place an order for pickup, local delivery, or to have it shipped outside of our delivery area. Just visit OriginalMattress.com and find a thoughtfully made, honestly priced mattress of your own. The Original Mattress Factory. Great beds, no bull. At Grace Wellness Center, our philosophy is that we are called to thrive. We're always called to something bigger, something more. God is calling us, Aki. God is calling us. And you know what? I'm so looking forward to how we'll be able to bless others. I'm going to say this. This show has been such a blessing to me. You know, my wife and kids will only listen to me if my voice is coming out of the radio. <laughs> is that right? That's right. That's awesome. I can't Maybe wait. some other people will listen to us. Called to Thrive is right here on Word FM every Saturday at 930. Check us out join us. Guys, we need to remind ourselves that the God of the Bible is not silent. Word FM presents Know the Truths Philip DeCourcy at the 2018 Pastor Appreciation Luncheon. God has spoken and he has spoken through his word and it's inspired and it's inerrant and it's authoritative and it's breathed out and it's able to make us wise unto salvation. It's able to make us complete and it's able to equip us unto every good work. A free event for pastors, October 3rd at Heinz Field. RSVP now at wordfm.com slash pal. Let us, as the week unfolds, 
dip our toe into politics. Live from the White House, Greg Clugston joins us. Greg is the SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, my friend, after two weeks away, rested and relaxed, are you? Ah, uh, yes, absolutely. It was a fantastic time away, and nice. uh, good to be back, though, at the same time. Excellent. Well, Greg, we're happy to have you. So um, let's start here. Ex-CIA Director John Brennan uh, been publicly critical of the president for a while. And so last week, the president revoked his security clearance, and there was outcry. First off, those who were appalled that a sitting president would act in such a way um, with political invective. But also now, it looks like a growing number of top intelligence community vets from the Obama era are calling out John Brennan for his attacks on President Trump. Yeah, it's a little bit of both here uh, in terms of, as you laid out there, Kathy, the idea that there are people who are incensed about what happened with the president revoking the security clearance of a former CIA director as uh, as, as what they saw as uh, inappropriate, but also as political payback for weathering some criticism from from John Brennan. And then others are saying, look, Brennan, uh, you know, he really, that's not his role to be going out and, and uh, condemning the president and being critical of his decisions in that area. So I, I guess it depends on, you know, you know where, where you stand on, on that issue. Essentially, for what a lot of people are, are hearing maybe for the first time, is that there is this ability by former administration officials, former government officials in the intelligence community to have continued access to this information, and that's been going on for a number of years for any number of uh, administrations, whether they're Republican administrations or Democratic really? administrations. The idea really behind it is is that these officials and analysts uh, who have been privy to this information and have a lot of institutional knowledge about certain characters, mm-hmm. certain terrorist organizations, certain governments around the world, um, and other hotspots, they can still provide... Um, some important, you know, feedback and information and uh, perspective to the current administration should should a current administration seek them out. Yes. So it's it's not really unheard of uh, to have these security clearances, but obviously with the Brennan and Trump issue, it's been brought to light. But is it? Tell me how that works. Is it like an open spigot that you know, if you are an intelligence official from two terms back or two administrations back, that you can just have access to any material, or is it just that if they decide to read you in on it, you don't have to get a new clearance? Sure. Yeah, I, I don't know all of the specific ins and outs, and I don't think that former officials uh, do have uh, exactly, as you described, uh, the open spigot in terms of just going and getting whatever information. And by the way, former presidents um, also are provided these security uh, information updates uh, should they choose to receive them as well. I see. And and a lot, you know, a lot of presidents do keep in touch. Here's the other reason: is that you do have a lot of uh, former lawmakers and former presidents who, after they leave office, do keep in touch with foreign ministers and former presidents and heads of state of other countries, even in their private life. And they can be important conduits for the United States in future administrations going forward. So there is, you know, it's argued that there is value in having some people that are read in and do understand what the current security threats are and what the situations are. Um, Yet the flip side, John, is this idea that, Okay, if you have access to that information, should you be critical of the current sitting 
president mm-hmm. as John Brennan was. I see. So it, it does seem like it's a it's a wise move for certain people because they've traveled the road. They have the insight. Now, I'm looking online. Uh, this is from Bradley Moss, who's a lawyer specializing in security clearances. clearances. He said that aside from allegiance to the, to the United States, officials look at sexual behavior, financial situations, alcohol and drug use, mental health and potential foreign influences while determining if a person can get a security clearance. The process to be granted a security clearance is complex and very detailed. More than a 100-page form has to be filled out, and investigators interview the individual in addition to family, friends, and other references. So clearly, this does not come lightly. No, it doesn't. And obviously, for many of these individuals in the first place to have reached the level in the intelligence community that they had previously reached, for example, with John Brennan being the CIA director. And by the way, he worked for both an America, uh, for a Republican president and a Democratic president, um, and, and was, you know, has been, um, has been praised by both former officials of the Obama and George W. Bush administrations. Uh, you know, obviously, they have been vetted very carefully and sure. have received the highest of security clearances in the past. So then, Greg, is this essentially petty politics? Well, there there seems to be um, a, a little bit of that, if not more than just a little bit, just based on the you know the comments on Twitter and elsewhere. The president has uh, really he's he's really made it pretty clear that the reason for his decision is because uh, Brennan has been um, on television and, and on on social media critical of his his performance, for example, at that summit with uh, the president Yeltsin of Russia and for some other steps that he's taken. And, of course, we have the president now threatening, as he did late last week, uh, doing the very same thing, revoking security clearances of other officials who have been critical of him or are critical of him, and including those who may be having some sort of connection to the the Russia investigation that's being conducted by the special counsel's office. So the president seems to be getting under his skin a little mm-hmm. bit here in terms of the Russia probe uh, criticism, and uh, John Brennan was the first in line, and by the way, over the weekend suggested that he may be open to pursuing some sort of legal action, uh, if not to save himself in terms of getting back uh, in, in getting that security clearance, but to prevent others in his position of getting their stripped mm-hmm. away as well. Yeah, but I can imagine other people in the intelligence community are, are looking at John Brennan and thinking, this is the last thing we need. Right. Right. We don't need you, like regardless of how we personally feel about the president, we don't need you as someone who's an icon of the intelligence community being the one who's just on the president, on him, on him, on him. That's not what we're about. Well, and you have to remember, you go back to uh, late in the campaign and even in the transition period between the president's um, election victory over Hillary Clinton and his inauguration, he was very critical of the intelligence community and and officials then um, because of, you know, even before, you know, the James Comey firing uh, that took place in the opening months of his administration and and certainly well before the Robert Mueller investigation got underway, um, he had some choice words for the intelligence community even back then. So this is a continuation of that fight. Now, what about looking forward? I mean, last month, back in July, the White House said they were looking into the clearances for other former officials and Trump critics. So are, are we going to hear more of these? Is James we Comey going to have we his very well could. Yeah, there, um, he, he said so even again last week um, that he was uh, hoping to move very quickly, including a sitting... Um, um, a sitting member of the Justice Department right now, Bruce Orr. He's been in the news lately, and it, this is an individual the president uh, would like to have uh, removed from security 
you know, access in terms of that kind of a clearance. And apparently, there, um, I don't remember if it was in New York Times or, or which organization over the weekend was reporting uh, that there have been some drafted statements um, for possibly revoking several other officials' security clearances uh, beyond Brennan. So it does seem as if it, it's still an active issue, and uh, whether we see something this week or uh, in the in the coming weeks, we'll have to wait and see, of course, but it does seem to be an active issue for the president right now. Yes. From the news arm of our parent company, we're speaking with Greg Clugston, Salem Radio Network News. Greg is the White House correspondent. So, Greg, let's turn to the uh, Paul Manafort trial which uh, has proven to be a, a dip into uh, greed and malfeasance. I mean, it's, it's hard to believe that this guy's um, cachet is so incredibly large. Uh, apparently, uh, early on, there was talk that he was in financial trouble. Well, as he enriched himself over these few years at the uh, Trump White House, he was far from that before he was indicted. Sure, and uh, it's important to, to point out that this is a financial fraud trial. It has nothing to do with... Um, you know, his ties with the Trump campaign, specifically his role as the former campaign manager, um, or uh, the specific collusion um, investigation that is, is being undertaken by the special counsel's office. Now, he was, uh, he was connected, obviously, because of his past role with the Trump campaign. Uh, and uh, he was, you know, accused of lying to investigators and faces 18 different counts. And you're right, uh, this is a lot of information in terms of how he enriched himself and uh, the kinds of governments in Ukraine and, and other um, you know, sources of employment that he was, where he was earning this money and his, uh, his rich spending tastes and all the rest. But the fact that he hid or is accused of hiding tens of millions of dollars in foreign income is sort of at the heart of this case. So this trial is... Uh, uh, the trial has gone to the jury, and this is uh, day. Th- we're almost at the end of day three of deliberations uh, by these jurors. Last Thursday and Friday, and now all day today, and uh, we have not, as of coming on the air with you here a few minutes ago, we have not received any indication that the jury is uh, close to getting reaching a verdict here late this afternoon. So it very well could spill into another day tomorrow. Uh, Greg, our time almost up. I want to make sure I ask you, talk about the White House Counsel's cooperation with the uh, Mueller investigation. So we learned over the weekend, first by the New York Times and then later confirmed by President Trump in a tweet, that the White House Counsel, the White House lawyer uh, representing the White House and the president, um, a man by the name of Don McGahn, has met over a several months period with Robert Mueller's prosecuting team and has provided testimony of over 30 hours worth. And so this is really interesting to see the level of cooperation from the White House counsel with Robert Mueller's investigation. The New York Times article was describing that as, as, as very unusual and from the prosecutor's standpoint, very helpful. The president on, on Twitter the last 24 hours was saying, look, I gave him permission. This is all because of, we want to be transparent. He says we have nothing to hide, and that's why we're, we're, uh, we're going forward with this. But it was a very interesting new tidbit in that whole Russia investigation. Well, Greg, thanks an awful lot. We've missed you these last couple of weeks. We appreciate you bringing us up to speed about what's happening in and around Washington. Glad to, and great to be great to be back with you guys. Our pleasure. Greg Clugston, look for him at wordfm.com, SRN News White House correspondent. If this were just any door... 
and this were just any ignition connected to just any transmission in just any vehicle, then perhaps it would be okay to buy it from just anyone. But this is not just any car. It's a certified pre-owned Mercedes-Benz. Every detail has been inspected and road tested by highly skilled Mercedes-Benz technicians. And it's all backed by an unlimited mileage warranty for up to five years. Which makes the decision of where to buy one simple. Your authorized Mercedes-Benz dealer. The certified pre-owned sales event going on now through August 31st. Come in today and take advantage of first month's payment credit and special financing offers available through Mercedes-Benz Financial Services. Because in the end, it's absolute confidence in genuine Mercedes-Benz parts, or it isn't. It's either Mercedes-Benz certified pre-owned, or it isn't. See your authorized Mercedes-Benz dealer for complete details and limitations on first month's payment credit and certified pre-owned warranties. Stop everything you're doing right now and ask yourself, are you currently receiving steady paychecks? What about when you're retired? Will you receive a monthly check to cover your expenses and also have some fun? Kurt Kenotic at Accurate Solutions Group calls this mailbox money. It's the monthly check you'll receive throughout retirement. Kurt wants to help remove stress from your retirement. He doesn't want you to worry about if the money will show up or how much money you'll receive. The only thing Kurt wants you to think about is how to spend it when it arrives. Find out how to get enough money in your mailbox every month when you're retired. Call Kurt Kenodin and the team at Accurate Solutions Group at 412-515-3555 for a complimentary retirement analysis with strategies that could help your nest egg provide you monthly income you'll need in retirement. Call right now, 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC, and Accurate Investment Solutions, Inc. The Landing is one of the newest and hottest places for families. Owned and operated by Impact Christian Church, the Landing Community Center in Moon Township is absolutely free. No membership needed. With an indoor turf field, gymnasium, kids' play area, meeting rooms, and great food at our cafe, we have something for everyone. Give your kids a play day without hurting your wallet. This is our gift to you. And we have great rates for your private rental needs. Check us out online at impactthelanding.com. Even summer can have some not-so-fun side effects. Rashes, strains, heat exhaustion, sprains, or dehydration. Come into MedExpress for the care you need from a full medical team. Walk-ins are always welcome. Open 828 every day of the week. Mostly cloudy and muggy tonight with a couple of late-night showers as the cold front approaches, a low of 67 degrees. Showers in the morning tomorrow will be accompanied by afternoon and early evening thunderstorms that could be severe with damaging winds and flash flooding, the high of 78 tomorrow. Another shower or two around later tomorrow night, a low of 65. And breezy and cooler Wednesday with a shower or two, a thunderstorm even in spots with a high of 72. I'm Mackie Weather Meteorologist Steve Travis on 101.5 Word FM. I've said for years that I'm just not sure I would enjoy a cruise. I mean, if someone gave me one, I'm not going to turn it down, believe me. But I just never, like, if I think about a, a, a week's vacation, being on a cruise is not a thing that stands out as, like, must do. Well, you and I are pretty similar. Yeah, you don't want to go on a cruise, do you? <laughs> There's too many people. All right, well, listen, well, after I tell you this story, you are for sure not going to go want to go on a cruise. ABC News reports that a woman... A British woman was pulled out of the Adriatic Sea on Sunday after, wait for it, falling off a cruise ship and treading water for, wait for it, 10 hours. 
10 hours. She, if I had to tread water, I would get tread water for maybe 60 seconds, <laughs> and then I would sink like a rock. <laughs> okay, well, then this woman is very glad she did not you because she that was, impressive. She was on the Norwegian Star near Croatia when she fell overboard. Now, I've seen How'd a photograph. They have a photograph yeah. of where she fell overboard, and, you know, First of all, I'm thrilled that she's alive and she's doing great. She's fine. Um, so I don't mean to pick on the woman at a time of vulnerability. Here comes, but. How the heck did she fall off when there are, ra- I mean, mm. she's like, she must have been climbing over the railing or got in a fight or was, I don't know what happened. She me, wasn't, she was not drunk or she would she have died in the water. She, no, no, that's not true. <laughs> oh, that's not true. Really? I'm sure you could rise to your finest hour if you were drunk and you fell off a ship. That would sober you up. Awfully fast. Real quick. My guess is alcohol had to be involved. Okay, listen. Quote, in the morning of August 19th, a guest went overboard as Norwegian star made her way to Venice. The Coast Guard was notified and a search and rescue operation ensued. That was a spokesperson for Norwegian. Okay. Spokesperson went on to say, quote, we are pleased to advise that the guest was found alive, is currently in stable condition, and has been taken ashore in Croatia for further treatment. Mm. We are very happy that the individual who is a UK resident is now safe, will soon be reunited with friends and family. This woman is 46 years old. ABC News confirmed her name as Kay Longstaff. And uh, she told Croatian TV station HRT in a brief interview after she was returned to shore that she was on the back deck when she fell off. (laughs) She works as a flight attendant and had some emergency training, she said. Quote, I fell off the back of Norwegian Star and I was in the water for 10 hours. So these wonderful guys rescued me and I'm very lucky to be alive. No doubt. All right. Now, um... The people who rescued her said that she was in good shape. She told them that the reason she survived is because she is into yoga. Hmm. She was floating on the sea all the time and singing not to fall asleep and also to preserve her temperature from falling. Now, fortunately, where she went into the water, it was 75 degrees Fahrenheit, the water. So that's wonderful. Okay. But here's the thing. She fell into the water. You know what? I don't. Okay. She fell into the water at 1130 p.m. So she was in the, in the water the in the dark wow. for 10 hours. That's she crazy. wasn't rescued until the next morning. Huh? So the whole night, this woman is doing what? Yoga. <laughs> That's not helpful. Yes. And I heard she was singing to herself. She was. That was the way yeah, she yeah, stayed. Yeah. She kept awake. Holy smoke. Can you believe that? Well, look, there's a photograph of her. Uh, she, and she's smiling. So she looks happy. She, she looks pretty darn good. I Did mean, she get kicked off? Imagine how I don't know. There are no details. There are no. It says kicked off the boat. Listen, ABC News says no. Kicked off. It's not. It's not clear. Well, we don't know. It's not clear how or why she fell off the back of the ship or the height of the fall. Oh my gosh, she's lucky to be alive. Oh, are you kidding me? Ten hours. Ten hours. So if you could combine yoga and singing, yeah. maybe you could insulate yourself. Should the impact of striking the water from the equivalent of a 10-story building or more not prove fatal, the survivor may quickly find themselves alone and in trouble. That's what, that's what this article's talking about. That's an understatement. Yeah, it surely is. 10-story fall, that would be like hitting concrete. Yeah. That water. Heck yeah. Are you kidding soft me? fall. Boy, is she lucky. Oh, my gosh. Ever seen John do yoga? Who, me? Yeah. John, oh, do you do yoga? I, I've seen no. him once or twice in the hallway sometimes. What? No, it's not yoga. <laughs> I've never seen that. No. I, here's what I'm quickly doing, a midday stretch. 
That's all. Is that a yoga stretch? No, it's just me, you know, just trying to stay limber. To are, you, keep... are you turning over a new leaf? No, I'm just saying. Well, he should tell us if he's going to he turn over Here's a problem. leaf. I'm holding a Mountain Dew in one hand <laughs> and a Hershey bar in the other. It's quite comical to watch. <laughs> I'm feeling good about it and just, you know, it's all I'm saying. Okay, we'll take a quick break. We're going to talk about Aretha Franklin, her spiritual heritage, in a few minutes. Stick around. It's a ride home with John and Kathy. WORD. Jesus has commanded us to open ourselves, our hearts, our homes to our neighbors. Here's Rosaria Butterfield. You need to make yourself a trusted confidant. And you might say, well, I don't think that's my job. But this is all part of the package of what it means to love the stranger. Practicing radical, ordinary hospitality. Next time on Family Life Today. Tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5 Word FM WORD. If you're serious about wanting to be your own boss and if you're serious about wanting to succeed, your very first phone call should be to Vanguard. Rob Thomas is living proof of how quickly you can grow with Vanguard Cleaning Systems' proven model of success. That's only shocking, ain't it? Shock me. <laughs> when I started, it was me, my brother, and a truck. Now I got two company trucks, eight people that work for me, and I got an office. Office on Braddock Avenue, and that's in a year and a half. They give me my first contract, a company down on the North Shore. The next thing you know, one turn to two, two turn to three, three turn to ten, because they got good reviews about my work. Makes me feel like I'm making a difference. The trainer was good. You get a lot of one-on-one time, FaceTime, and it's not like you go through training and that's it. They're always a phone call away. You want to go to Vanguard because they're going to put you in the best position to succeed. With Vanguard backing me, sky's the limit. To start your own janitorial business or expand and your current one, call Vanguard Cleaning Systems of Western PA, 724-870-4120. Are you drowning in IRS tax debt? I owe the IRS $37,000. Get ready for a toll-free hotline. Take advantage of new IRS tax forgiveness programs that may protect you from IRS collection agencies. They have the power to garnish your wages, put liens on your property, and levy your bank account. Civic Tax Relief can help protect you from the IRS. Civic Tax Relief basically represented me against the IRS, and by the time everything was completed, I didn't know the IRS anything. Find out about the Fresh Start program that is now available through Civic Tax Relief. Civic Tax Relief's special tax hotline can help you discover all the relief programs available for free. I would recommend anyone who has a tax problem to contact Civic Tax Relief. Just call 800-324-4522. Don't wait. Call now. 800-324-4522. 800-324-4522. This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy & Hagerman. Estate administration isn't something we do on the side. It's the heart and soul of our practice. Any attorney can write a will, but we have the experience to administer your estate plan properly to achieve the goals we all share, to protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones you love. How you get there is specific to your situation. So let's talk. Abernethy & Hagerman, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. 
I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Finding a Christian school that meets your students' needs and your high standards is simple. Visit PittsburghChristianSchools.net and discover Greater Pittsburgh's best Christian schools, links to their websites, location information, and more. PittsburghChristianSchools.net. I remember hearing her singing at uh, Reverend Franklin's church when I was a little, little, maybe I was like four or five years old. Because my mother would always listen to uh, the church services on Sunday. And so the voices I remember most in my life uh, would be Dr. King, uh, her voice, and uh, her father, Reverend Franklin. Hmm. Of course, that's, uh, that's Stevie Wonder talking about the passing of Aretha Franklin, his love for Aretha, and how deep that voice made its way into his life. There's an article in Christianity Today, Aretha Franklin's One Faith. Robert Darden is the uh, author of this piece. He's Robert Darden is professor of journalism, public relations, new media at Baylor University. He is also the uh, founder of the Black Gospel Music Restoration Project. He's also the author of more than two dozen books, including People Get Ready, A New History of Black Gospel Music. Robert, welcome to the show. How are you today, Frank? Delighted to be here. Robert, you write in your article that um, Aretha Franklin, in your opinion, wasn't just the queen of soul, but one of those few artists who, through the sheer force of her talent, changed things. I think that's absolutely true. One of the things people overlook about Aretha over the last 30, 40 years, when she was just kind of a diva pop star, was that along with Otis Redding and Wilson Pickett, she is the seminal figure in the transformation of what had been called rhythm and blues as kind of a marginalized art form mm-hmm. in the soul music, which for the first time has more white buyers than black buyers. Mm-hmm. And a lot of folks believe that that uh, acculturation made it easier, for, in fact, for the civil rights movement, particularly with young people in the South. It's hard to hate somebody you're going out and buying their records and right. dancing to and going to see live, even if your parents have been saying hateful things about African Americans for years. She was also, uh, along with Mahalia Jackson and Harry Belafonte, I think, underrated in her support of the civil rights movement. We don't know how much Mahalia Jackson gave financially. She never, never really talked about it. We don't know how much Harry Belafonte raised, but it was in the millions. And the same with Aretha. She did not just benefit concerts, but when they would say, we got 300 kids in jail in Birmingham and we can't make bail, somebody would get the word and it would be Aretha or somebody who would send the money by a personal courier to get them out. Really? So, Robert, we, we know, no, every, everybody knows Aretha Franklin, you know, mm-hmm. with her incredible music uh, from the 60s, especially the 70s. But the fact of the matter is, as a strong woman of faith, Aretha Franklin also did some fabulous Christian music as well. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about um, the double live CD set, One Lord, One Faith, One Baptism. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people prefer the earlier one, Amazing Grace, but I, I, I like them both equally, in part because... She didn't have to do it. She, she was selling pretty well at the time. The pop charts had things like uh, Pink Cadillac and others. That yeah. She had such a touchstone with her faith because of her father and all of the amazing visitors to her father's house. Uh, 
Claire Ward and her father nearly married, at least on two different occasions. She tells stories of sitting there and learning of some piano chords from the Reverend James Cleveland or, or talking with Mahalia while she was uh, making gumbo one night. She had this very powerful church that was very influential in Detroit. She had these examples of what somebody could be if they to try to balance both their faith and their public life. And they weren't all perfect, and she wasn't perfect. Mm -hmm. But she continued, and they continued to be unashamed in their Christian faith. Can you talk about Aretha's family growing up, Um, her mom and her dad? I mean, this this wasn't an easy life that she lived. Yeah, the mom and the dad separated very early. I think she was about 10 and never got back together, and her mom died young. She had a couple younger sisters. Her father went through kind of a wild period and things that happened on Saturday night had to be forgiven on Sunday morning. I think he even had a, a illegitimate child himself uh, during that period with a very young girl, according to his biographer. And um, so in the middle of all this, she made some pretty serious mistakes that uh, she regretted and well, talked about once and would never talk about again with uh, children at a young age and being unmarried. But she found, as she went back to that church and the others, uh, Chicago and elsewhere, uh, that she could retap into the faith that got her that far, and that she needed to sing gospel, and that those who saw her on a number of occasions right up through the 80s, not so much later, but that she would include a section of, of old gospel songs and sometimes hymns in her concerts uh you know even when people were hollering for who's zooming who she would want to stop <laughs> and, and spend another few minutes singing uh, an old claire award song like mm-hmm. uh you know surely god is able and you know we all fight i think the the sacred and the profane in our lives she just did it on a really really public stage <laughs> And as you said, from a, from a very young age. Yes. Robert Darden is with us. Robert's the founder of the Black Gospel Music Restoration Project. He's got a piece uh, on Christianity Today online, Aretha Franklin's One Faith. Robert, talk about um, Aretha's uh, spiritual lineage from her father. I mean, he was uh, R.C. Franklin was, was a star, a, go- uh, a gospel <laughs> preaching star. There are those in my office overlooks the uh, Truett Theological Seminary here at Baylor University, and they they do these kind of things. I know they're for publicity, but they do the greatest 10 preachers of the 20th century, the best 10 preachers now, those kind of lists, which are always fun to get a lot of input. And every one of those lists of the most effective and, you know, whatever best means uh, preachers of the 20th century, Reverend C.L. Franklin is always on that list. Mm. We have dozens upon dozens, maybe more of his who knows how many hundred sermons on vinyl here at the Black Gospel Restoration Project. And it's it's hard to tell on the 45s when he's only got a three-minute window here, but on the LPs where a sermon will stretch over front and back, you can hear the, the power and the, and the education of the man and the, mm-hmm. the insight. And, the, and in my case, the, the musicality of it. I can hear Aretha's phrasing in her father's uh, cadences and his choice of uh, of using voice uh, voices percussion 
Republican ways. You know the old black church saying, "Start low, go slow, arise fire and catch catch fire, mm-hmm. rise higher and catch fire." He did that in nearly every one of them, and that you can hear that in Aretha songs. The first uh, two and a half minutes, or chorus verse, chorus verse, and then there's that great stomping vamp at the end that echoes the black church. And here's a man who moved with presidents and uh, was so influential that Dr. King used a whole passage of his uh, I Have a Dream speech lifted straight from a sermon the week before by Reverend C.L. Franklin. Fabulous. Talk about Aretha's piano playing, would you, Robert? Well, I'd love to talk about it from a musicology standpoint, but I'm afraid I'm just an old journalist. And history <laughs> That's all right. Professor. You can talk about it just for someone who loves music. I can tell you, as a, as a drummer, um, she had that, what we call a gospel chords, just deep in her soul that came straight from Roberta Martin to Clara Ward and uh, Reverend James Cleveland right to her little ten fingers there where you can use the chords, as I said, both as a percussive element and as a base for your own improvisation. And there are certain chords that sometimes she would play with the diminished, you know, thirds and flatted sevenths and some of the the so-called blue notes to give that voice, which didn't ever really seem to have an end to its upper register when she wanted to show off, a, a, a base for her to, to explore to see where the words and the music were going to take her. When you hear a great gospel soloist like her or Marion Williams or, or Mahalia, that old-school Baptist surge singing where musicians in the audience are just holding their breath, how are you going to resolve that? How did, did you just sing yourself into an impossible corner? And somehow, instinctively, they would find their way out with the right note or right passage. And I've been in churches when everybody around me just let out a great big relief mm-hmm. and sighed real big and said, you go, girl. And then she'd uh, smile and do it again just because she could. Fabulous. Robert Darden's with us uh, online. There's an article, Christianity Today, Aretha Franklin's One Faith. Robert, talk to us about uh, what you're doing at Baylor, the uh, the Black Gospel Music Restoration Project, what that's all about. Thank you. Um, After I did People Get Ready in 2005, I was really angry because a lot of the music I was writing about, I couldn't hear. It wasn't available. It wasn't Mm. on Amazon. It wasn't on eBay. And talked to some collectors, and we came up with the figure that 75% of the vinyl from Gospel Music's Golden Age, I don't know, say 1945, 1975, say, is lost. Just unavailable for a variety of reasons. None of them are good. So I wrote an editorial and sent it to the New York By God Times, which gets 800 a week. And they ran it, and it said, if we allow the music that's the foundational music of all American popular music, if we allow the music that was the music of the Civil Rights Movement, along with the Freedom Songs, it's the only chronicle we have of this entire spear point in American history and African American life to disappear future generations are going to judge us really, really harshly. And the next day, a gentleman uh, in New York, uh, Mr. Charles M. Royce, said, I don't know anything about you. I don't know anything about gospel music. I'm an Episcopalian, so I don't know much about music, period. But I know that what you're saying is true. And so we put together a proposal for the finest digitization lab in America that could take any record, no matter how degraded, and get a good signal off it. Really? And that's been 15 years ago, and now the Black Gospel Music Restoration Project is not only the biggest 
in America larger than the Library of Congress. It's already the largest in the world with 14,000 pieces of vinyl digitized. Wow. That's and we nice. provide the gospel music for the National Museum of African American History and Culture in Washington, D.C. In October of 2019, we will put a new exhibit together with them titled Black Sacred Rhetoric in America on the Preaching from that era as well. That's fabulous. Thank you. Well, Robert, thanks an awful lot. We appreciate you and your talents and your efforts to preserve a, a very mm-hmm. vital slice of Absolutely. American Christianity. <laughs> Thank you. And if anybody's got been up in Grandma's attic lately and there's some of this vinyl, oh, we'll pay for the shipping and the insurance to have it sent here oh. and we'll send it back to you. That's great. That is great. Well, we'll make sure what to put the word project. out. Yeah, I love that. Is. Robert Darden. Thanks, Robert. From Baylor University, the Black Gospel Music Restoration Project and Aretha Franklin. Even through her illness, she did not put that on anybody else. She she believed, I think, that most of all she was doing God's work, and uh, she was. She brought joy to a lot of lives, and and, um, she will, her voice and the essence of her will long live all of us that are here right now. While it's back to school for everyone else, you're looking to take your next step. If only your high school diploma came with a career game plan. The good news is Express Employment Professionals is here to help. If you're looking for immediate work, sign up for the Express Jobs app, and you'll be able to apply for a variety of quality jobs quickly and easily. If you want to continue learning and building skills, you can access 18 free CTC courses through their Express Learn program. Learn more today at ExpressPros.com or call 412-264-2000. Life doesn't stop on the weekends and neither do you so we understand that it can be hard to find the time to shop for a mattress this is robin truszynski of the original mattress factory and we have a completely new website designed to help you simplify the mattress shopping experience check out our products view our prices and even place an order for pickup local delivery or to have it shipped outside of our delivery area just visit originalmattress.com and find a thoughtfully made honestly priced mattress of your own the original mattress factory Great beds, no bull. RPTS, the Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Point Breeze, presents the 2018 Westminster Conference, Saturday, September 8th, at Memorial Park Church in Allison Park. Join Drs. Ligon Duncan, Joel Beakey, Michael Lefebvre, and RPTS President Barry York for this year's theme, Soundly Preaching the Word of God, preaching that is plain, faithful, wise, and zealous. The 2018 Westminster Conference, bringing the Westminster Confession into the 21st century. Register now at rpts.edu. If you're not in the club, you're missing out. Word FM Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Like today, get twice the ice for half the price. Prince Scape Arena at South Point is offering half off public skate punch cards, 10 sessions, just $45. Or half off stick and puck punch cards, 10 sessions, just $50. Prince Scape Arena, family entertainment on ice. Log on now to wordfm.com, keyword shopping. This segment of The Ride Home with John and Kathy is brought to you by Grove City College. Hey, John, it's the back-to-school-like clothes shopping thing that might only happen for the parents of daughters. No, what do you mean? Well, I don't know. if like, Do boys care what they wear to the school? It depends upon the boy. Oh. I have two sons. Mm-hmm. One cares 
deeply. <laughs> the other, put a bag of uh, rocks on his head. He's good to go. Okay. He could care mm-hmm. less. All right. So today was the day. Today's back to school. You today did that was the today. Right. We did that. We did that this morning. So you got a college and a uh, high school, right. almost high school. Exactly. But here's the thing that they, that uh, the uh, high schooler told me last night. Mm. She said, uh, "Mommy, I've been thinking, and uh, this year, I want to do all of my back to school shopping at thrift stores." Oh, that's music to your every parent's ears. I said, "What are you saying?" Yeah. She said, "We just want to go to thrift stores." Nice. I said, "Are you speaking on behalf of your sister as well?" And she said. I am. Oh my gosh. That you gotta love that. So listen to me. Where'd you go? We were at Plato's Closet and we were at Goodwill. Yeah. And we got the deed done. Now at Plato's Closet I would not necessarily identify as a thrift store. Because it is a little more expensive. It is. It's but not, it's a second hand store. It's a second hand store. You wouldn't call it a thrift store. No. You don't think thrift and second hand mean the same thing. I mean I no. respect you. I'm not trying no, to I, dissuade you see, from I, that. A, a thrift store to me is sort of like a goodwill, right, or you know, red, white, and blue. Plato's Closet's essentially a retail store. It's a high class thrift store, I'd say. Okay, maybe so. A, a, it's a step above a thrift store. I'm just saying we were secondhand all morning. But did you save money? Heck yeah. Oh yeah. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. President Trump has paid tribute to federal immigration officials, drawing a contrast with some Democratic lawmakers. White House correspondent Greg Clugston reports. The president hosted a White House ceremony to honor employees of the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement and the Customs and Border Protection. We love you. We support you. We will always have your back, and I think you know that. The president denounced some Democrats who want to abolish ICE, calling those lawmakers open border radicals. Greg Clugston, the White House. Afghan forces rescued nearly 150 people Monday, including women and children, hours after the Taliban ambushed a convoy of buses and abducted them. The quick response marked a rare if limited battlefield success for the troops after weeks of unrelenting insurgent attacks. On Wall Street, the up by 89 points. The Nasdaq rose three. This is SRN News. A moo-moo here and a moo-moo there. Here a moo, there a moo, everywhere a moo-moo. Hi there, it's me, Marcia from the Springhouse, inviting you out to our real working dairy farm in 84, Pennsylvania. Not only will you enjoy watching the heifers in the field and the baby calves in the mini barnyard, but you should also come hungry for our fabulous farm fresh cooking. Step inside the Springhouse for hot roast beef sandwiches, turkey and stuffing, hickory smoked ham, stuffed cabbage rolls, real mashed potatoes, and a whole lot more. A different menu each day. The locals tell their friends that our famous chocolate milk is the official drink of the Springhouse. And be sure to save room for apple pie, ho-ho cake, Oreo cheesecake, or lots of other from scratch goodies for dessert. Have I made you hungry yet? Let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. If you're serious about wanting to be your own boss and if you're serious about wanting to succeed, your very first phone call should be to Vanguard. Rob Thomas is living proof of how quickly you can grow with Vanguard Cleaning Systems' proven model of success. That's it's shocking, ain't it? Shock me. <laughs> when I started, it was me and my brother on a truck. Now I got two company trucks, eight people that work for me, and I got an office on Bradock Avenue. And I 
less than a year and a half. They give me my first contract, a company down on the North Shore. The next thing you know, one turn to two, two turn to three, three turn to ten. Guess they got good reviews about my work. Makes me feel like I'm making a difference. The trainer was good. You get a lot of one-on-one time, FaceTime. And it's not like you go through training and that's it. They're always a phone call away. You want to go to Vanguard because they're going to put you in the best position to succeed. With Vanguard backing you, sky's the limit. To start your own janitorial business or expand your current one, call Vanguard Cleaning Systems of Western PA, 724-870-4120. You don't know when your AC unit will call it quits, but you can rest assured it'll be at the most inconvenient time possible. And who has all day to wait around for a tech to arrive? With Ventec, there is no waiting around, including evenings and weekends. Ventec will repair and replace forced air, central AC, and even offers split mini-duct units to heat and cool individual rooms. With flat rate pricing instead of hourly fees, clean, courteous, convenient, and A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Ventec, 412-793-0661. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy & Hagerman. It's been a long time since you had your will written, and a lot's changed since then. It's always a good idea to review your documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy & Hagerman, we understand the nuances of elder law and how changes to Medicaid, veterans' benefits, and the tax code can affect your estate and the people most important to you. So let's talk. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. That's a-h.law. Mostly cloudy and muggy tonight with a couple of late-night showers as the cold front approaches, a low of 67 degrees. Showers in the morning tomorrow will be accompanied by afternoon and early evening thunderstorms that could be severe with damaging winds and flash flooding, a high of 78 tomorrow. Another shower or two around later tomorrow night, a low of 65. And breezy and cooler Wednesday with a shower or two, a thunderstorm even in spots with a high of 72. I'm Mackie Weather Meteorologist Steve Travis on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, uh, welcome to the Monday edition. So the disruption of the Internet. I mean, is there – look, the Post-Gazette, they're, they're, they're going to get rid of two days a week with their publishing. Yeah. Uh, how many things have been – look, look, online shopping, mm-hmm. the way we email, all the all – this, The demise of the mall. All this stuff, right? The Internet. However – it has not interrupted what we're doing right now. This is National Radio Day, and radio is still viable and mm-hmm. still it thriving. Is. Yeah, it is still thriving. Hallelujah. And, and maybe a decade ago, people were wondering if that would have been the case. Look, I, re- I remember years ago, maybe I think longer than a decade, management came in and said from California, okay, uh, we need to talk about how we're going to look at radio now in the, in the future. Mm-hmm. And so... There's a lot of conversation. What happens if X happens and the bottom falls out? People no longer listen to the radio locally. Right. Oh, you know, with the rise of Spotify and all that. Oh, there's a lot of fear in the radio Podcasting industry. is going to take over the live radio show. Right. People are going to get their news from their computer and not from their radio anymore. Yep. So with the disruption of the Internet, there was a lot of fear that radio somehow, satellite radio would take it over, that radio would just go away. The one thing that radio has always had, in my opinion, over television, is that television is a market of personality. It's a market of emotion. 
Um, it's a market of celebrity. But radio has always been a market of ideas. And, and it's, intimacy. And it still is. Yeah. Look, I mean, you, you look at our Friday show. We spent two hours on the air talking to people we never, ever laid eyes on. We didn't know a person who called us. That people, Some people were regular listeners. We knew their voices. But really – we're connected here. There's something that's deeply intimate and relational mm-hmm. in radio that right. will, you will not find in any other medium. Because here's the thing. You can um, take your radio family, you know, whether that's John and I or whether it's Jim Bohannon or, or, you know, uh, Marty Griffin or whoever it is that you love on radio. Yeah. Um, you can take us along with you when you're cleaning your house or when you're driving home or when you are, you know, painting your daughter's bedroom or you're getting ready to go off to college or whatever that is. You can't do that in the same way with television because television demands your attention in a way that radio doesn't. And that attention is what makes TV so messy Mm -hmm. because you're because we're looking at people and we're always taking their appearance into account and we're looking at how they do that and how they speak that and why is their one eye funny and why do they always wear those shoes all of a sudden a medium like news whether you're doing cnn or fox news or whatever it becomes about what the people look like who are giving you the news right yeah i mean one of the greatest compliments and also one of the back-end compliments people say to you you look nothing like you sound like which is great because it's theater of the imagination this is one of the high points of being on the air all these years is uh john and i were at an event and a Oh, I, oh, I know this story. Yeah, Mike, did I ever tell you this? Oh, yeah. I, I think I told you sorry to cheer you. Okay, but I want to tell him again. I want to tell everybody. <laughs> this woman came up. She said, are you Kathy Emmons? And I said, yeah. And she said, is that John Hall? And I said, yeah, it is. John was talking to somebody else. And she said, he is so much better looking than I expected. <laughs> like, that's... It's a, As if your voice it is sounds like, like a It sounds like what? a compliment, but really it's an insult. Yeah. I think, like what? So she envisions me like eating a bag of Fritos with, oh, I don't know what. Well, you like, just said you were doing yoga stretches in the last segment with a Mountain Dew in one hand and a Hershey bar in the other. Yeah, it's well, true. I mean, it's true. You know, I just want to be real and here. No wonder Not she was surprised sad. that you, you know, weren't sick. 600 pounds yeah, and limping. I want to fit my pants, so you say. Right? Good grief. So it's, in, it's National Radio Day. That's it what is. we're talking about, radio. It's National Radio Day. Uh, find us on Twitter and on Facebook. I posted some great pictures of John and New Mike um, and I doing things that are hopefully funny and ridiculous because yes. we've done a lot of ridiculous things over mm-hmm. the years. Uh, when I think of favorite radio moments, like things I remember about radio, I remember being in my office and desperately waiting to hear whether OJ was guilty or oh, not really? guilty. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I remember that. I remember being in my office. I worked at the University of Pittsburgh at the time. I remember I had like 16 people in my office. Really? Oh, that's good. And so when it came out, I mean, there's, so it wasn't, you didn't have television in your office. There was no you? television in my office. Yeah. And at that time, the internet was not up to the minute. I see. Oh, yeah, sure. It was a little lag time. Mm-hmm. I remember this about radio. So uh, 1973, I was in, uh, I think I was a sophomore in high school, and the Pirates were in a playoff game with the Cincinnati Reds. It was like, I think, the best of seven. And I was, in, <laughs> I was involved in junior achievement in downtown Pittsburgh on the Boulevard of the Allies. That's where the Junior Achievement Building used to be. And I was so invested in this pirate game, this playoff game, that you know I, I did not want to miss the game. And I remember standing outside the Junior Achievement Building as the Pirates lost the game. And I'm holding my radio in one hand, and I yelled out. I was like, 
ah, on the Boulevard of the Allies, <laughs> holding my radio. Screaming into the abyss. Yes, my despair, which, you know, repeated itself numerous times over the decades with the Pirates. I remember being maybe 17 years old when um, my car broke down on the Boulevard of the Allies, speaking of the Boulevard of the Allies. It was a rush hour. I was coming from downtown and going toward Oakland. And just when you pass um, downtown and you're you're kind of winding around to the left and the, the Mon River is on your right – my car broke down. It was actually not my car. It was my parents' car since I was 17 years old. It was not only rush hour. It was in a torrential rainstorm. Okay. And I had – there's nothing – I mean it was before there were cell phones or anything. I had to get out of my car and walk up the hill toward Duquesne University so that I could call somebody and say that the car had broken down. Right. And of course, I crossed over the Boulevard of the Allies, which at rush hour is taking your life in your hands, until I got all the way up to Duquesne and realized that you have to be on the other side to go across (laughs) the walkway to get into Duquesne. Anyway, I remember when the tow truck driver picked me up. I got in the car. I was absolutely – like I could not have been wetter. If I would have been the one who jumped off, fell off the cruise ship and was in the like Adriatic Sea for 10 hours. I was so wet. I got in the uh, in the tow truck and just then the tow truck driver said, listen, and there was the KDK traffic report and my car was on it. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. That was, You're a radio That was star. a very low moment. Excellent. Extremely low moment. Well, you, made, you made the headlines. Okay. One more thing. I remember driving my date to the senior prom and- <laughs> And I was dressed up, and she was dressed up. Right. And the song, I Only Have Eyes for You, came on. You know that song? Sure. That came on the air. She said, stop the car. And I was like, what? what?" I pulled over to the curb. She said, please get out and do a pre-prom dance with me. And so we rolled the windows down, and on the curb, on the sidewalk, we we danced, we slow danced on the sidewalk to that song as the radio played. Yeah. That song. I was wearing a green tuxedo. (laughs) It was a beautiful moment until I heard about the tuxedo. But we danced on the sidewalk while that song played on my car radio. Just saying. That's a really sweet memory. It was a good memory. That's the radio. That's the power, the sentiment, the emotion that the radio has. Take a break. Come back. Listen, uh, we want to thank everybody because as difficult as a week uh, was last week and, of course, continues on, we talked uh, at length, for some people Mm. probably ad nauseum, about the uh, report of the Pennsylvania Grand Jury and uh, child sexual abuse. Uh, We really went at this, and we thank you for hanging in there. We want to go back and uh, bring a, a favorite guest of ours on the air coming up next year. Rod Dreyer is with us. Because the conversation is ongoing and the story is ongoing. There are going to be, as I hear, big developments in the story over the next five days. And so we want to continue to keep it at the forefront of our mind as we remember first the victims of uh, many decades of sexual abuse, especially right here in the Pittsburgh region. Point five W O R D. 
Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are, and you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous. There's an app for that, right? On TuneIn, on iHeart, on our own app, on WordFM.com, on ChristianRadio.com, on the next Radio FM chip. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. On your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 1.5 WORD. Hey, I know many of you have worked with my friend Todd Marley at Marley Financial, and so you probably know that they were the first and still the best option for individual health insurance because they provide both traditional and non-Obamacare plans. But did you know that now they're also offering the best group health plans in the nation? The typical savings, up to 40%. If you've got a small group, medium, even large groups, Marley's got you covered, giving you and your employees access to national health networks where you can go to any hospital you choose. If you want to go to Highmark or UP, PMC or Mayo Clinic, Johns Hopkins, wherever, Marley's giving you the power to choose what's best for you and also the power to choose what's best for your employees, whether they're W-2 or 1099 subcontractors, and you can forget the usual headaches of things like a minimum participation or employer contributions. So give Marley Financial a call now, 724-884-1496, and find out what it's like to work with the most innovative agency in Pennsylvania, 724-884-1496, or find them online, MarleyFG. You know the moment. The homework and dishes are done. Your family responsibilities have been met. The shoes slip off and you lie back. It's that end of day. Ah, That's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body-comforting orthopedic made locally at the original mattress factory. Relief from middleman markups and a hard day's work. The original mattress factory. Thoughtfully made. Honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com Great beds, no bull. That is the Original Mattress Factory difference. Quality products plus factory direct prices equals great value. Mattresses that are designed with better materials. Mattresses that are hand-built in local factories. Mattresses that cost hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Now I know what you're thinking. This all sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it isn't. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made, honestly priced. Discover Eden Christian Academy and discover an exceptional education where solid academics and authentic faith prepare students to step confidently into the future. See what the largest non-denominational pre-K through 12th grade Christian school in the North Hills has to offer. From Whippeo Athletics to Fine Arts, Service Activities, and more, Eden Christian Academy, Christ-centered, student-focused, and mission-true since 1983. Visit EdenChristianAcademy.org. If you're not in the club, you're missing out. Word FM Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Like today, get twice the ice for half the price. Prince Skate Arena at South Point is offering half off public skate punch cards, 10 sessions, just $45. Or half off stick and puck punch cards, 10 sessions, just $50. Prince Skate Arena, family entertainment on ice. Log on now to wordfm.com. Keyword shopping.
Rod Gray is with us. Rod is the uh, senior editor at the American Conservative, author of The Benedict Option. And Rod has followed the uh, grand jury report, the Catholic Church abuse sex crisis happening here across uh, western Pennsylvania and Pennsylvania uh, closely for the last several years and has written extensively about it on his Twitter account. Rod, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much for being with us again. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Rod, let me take you back because you started covering scandal in the Catholic Church of uh, of the sex abuse variety back in what, 2000? 2001. Okay. So you have been following this for a long time and not for any reasons of trying to, you know, take the Catholic Church down, but just for what purpose? Well, I, I was a Catholic back then uh, because I loved Christ and I loved the Catholic Church. And I was a father. I wanted to see justice done for these victims. And I really did believe, naive as I was at the time, that the bishops wanted that too. And that uh, by getting involved to help expose these crimes, uh, I was doing my part to help clean up the church that I loved. Mm-hmm. So, Rod, let's talk about the the news, because there's certainly a lot going on still. Um, what surprises me is that there's a lot of vitriol towards the state attorney general of Pennsylvania, Josh Shapiro, that uh, people have been saying, well, you know, he had a bone to pick with the Catholic Church, yada, yada, a lot of sort of personal feelings towards the church. But Josh Shapiro today has come out with a new statement. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, well, he, he has called Cardinal World a liar. He said that uh, Cardinal World has tried to defend himself in the face of the grand jury report, uh, saying that he did the very best he could. Uh, Attorney General Shapiro has pointed out that that is not what the grand jury report says, that Cardinal World is engaged in public relations here. Uh, I, I think, frankly, the Attorney General is right. I have no idea what his personal animosity may or may not be towards the Catholic Church in Pennsylvania, but the fact is God can use people outside the Church for his own purposes. And I think if I were a Catholic in Pennsylvania, I would thank God for Attorney General Shapiro Mm -hmm. bringing this to light. And for all of us who are in Pennsylvania, I've said this repeatedly, Rod, we should be humbled that someone who is outside the church is the one who had to get up publicly and defend these victims. It was not one of us who follows Jesus, but it was someone serving in a secular civic arena, and that should give us pause. Oh, it ought to make us all feel ashamed as followers of Christ. You know, uh, the, we've seen over and over again the only thing that ever gets real justice for these victims and any sort of reform underway is when the secular law acts or the secular media act. So, Rod, I don't know if you've had a chance to read the enormous PA grand jury report. I still haven't read it all, and I've been working on it for a week now. Um, but it, looking at the CNN report and the allegations that Josh Shapiro says the Cardinal World is lying, I feel as if... The, I feel the truth is somewhere in the middle of that, actually, because as I go back and I read these stories, I see that I believe that Donald Whirl and uh, Bishop Zubik were trying to do what they thought was right at the time. Um, now, as time went forward, you can see that they were much faster in responding to allegations and they become they became much more likely to report issues to local authorities. So you could see that that 25 years ago, things were not as they are now. But. I think the thing that comes out in boldface to me is that even when they thought that they were on the side of victims and doing what they could to eradicate abuse, they still cared more about the priests than they cared about the victims. And that's where their priority was. Yeah, that's the thing that that jumps out to me over not just Pennsylvania, but everywhere in the country that this this has come out. You see uh, bishops 
looking at priests and trying to save their priesthood, mm-hmm. trying to do anything possible to keep them in the ministry, while the laity out there, victims, their families, and other people that these priests might serve in a parish capacity, they seem to be an abstraction. This is what's called clericalism, the idea that the real church are the priests and the bishops, and the laity are just sort of on the fringes. Pope Francis, in his letter today about the scandal, said that that clericalism is one of the main causes of it. I think he's right about that. Mm -hmm. So yesterday at Mass, uh, I know faithful Catholics who attended Mass yesterday all over western Pennsylvania, I'm sure all over the state of Pennsylvania, were waiting to hear a word from their priest, some sort of um, a balm, some wisdom, uh, some good word about what had happened. Or some forthrightness about their own sadness and grief over what has been learned. And I'm sure many priests were faithful to that call, but Rod, uh, today you talked about uh, that a friend who's a writer, I'm sorry, a friend who uh, is reading your Twitter account chimed in with a story of what he witnessed yesterday in Pittsburgh. Well, I, I've been hearing this from a lot of different people around the country, some saying that the priest said the right thing, others said the priest uh, didn't even address it. Uh, there was a case in Philadelphia yesterday where a priest uh, at one parish, St. Raymond's, uh, said forthrightly that we can't trust the bishops anymore to mm-hmm. deal with this. We in the parish and the laity have got to deal with this ourselves. I think that was an extraordinary thing for a priest mm-hmm. to say, but we're starting to hear this over and over. Over the weekend, I heard, got an email from a man in western Pennsylvania who told the story of his friend, Mike Reichert, who committed suicide some years ago by dousing himself with gasoline and setting himself on fire. This man, who has to be anonymous, said that uh, Reichert, he, he strongly believes Reichert was abused by priests uh, because this man was part of that same circle. After I published that on my blog, is this being a, a consequence of, of this abuse, I heard this morning from another man in western Pennsylvania who said, Mike Reichert was a friend of mine. We really do believe that he was abused. There are lots of us who loved him, and we want to talk about this. I think, guys, that we're going to start hearing this more and more. These are people who love this man, who knew that he was carrying something heavy, and uh, now that he's he's dead, it starts to make sense for them, now that the grand jury report is out, why he might have killed himself. Rod, Dr. Susan Reynolds, who is a Catholic theologian, um, tweeted a story today that I feel deserves to be heard. Um, so many of us have been rightly critical of the lack of response of uh, bishops, cardinals, uh, local priests. But this um this experience that she related from being at Mass yesterday was different than that. And I'll, I'll just read it quickly. She says, This morning at Mass, I witnessed something I've never seen and words still mostly fail me. Our priest gave a powerful, powerful homily. He explained how poor ecclesiology has disempowered lay people and, in simple terms, how we must view this crisis as systemic. He affirmed the statement on the bishop's resignation and concluded by calling for radical lay-led structural reform. Then he sat down. Then in the fifth row, a dad stood up. How, he pleaded, tell us how. The man's voice was shaking and determined and terrified. His collared shirt was matted to his back with sweat. Jaws all around me dropped, my eyes filled with tears. I've belonged to call and response parishes, but this isn't one of them. This is a big, middle-of-the-road parish in a wealthyish southeast college town. In such context, it's hard to imagine a more subversive act than doing what that dad just did. But the priest stood up again. 
He looked the dad in the eyes, and he answered him slowly, haltingly, thoughtfully. The whole thing was so stunning. I don't even remember what he said, but what he didn't say was, sir, please have a seat, or we can talk after mass. He could have cited preservation of liturgical solemnity as an excuse to dismiss the man and thus escape this terribly uncomfortable moment, but instead, he let this father's cry interrupt us. He allowed himself to be put on the spot to answer for things he didn't do. I have a son, the dad said. He's going to make his first communion. What am I supposed to tell him? In his searching, halting response, the priest made space for the wrenching inadequacy of every possible response to be laid bare. This was not a brief dismissive exchange, 10 minutes at least, and the two also talked at length after Mass. At the end of Mass, the priest offered to invite the bishop to the parish for a listening session, and if he won't come, he said, I will. That's what we're talking about, Rod, right? That's that's the only type of communication that's really going to work at this face stage. Face-to-face, eye-to-eye. That's right, and people in the laity and priests ceasing to stay silent. For so long, Catholics have been told, stay quiet, don't make trouble, trust the bishops to fix this, we're on top of it. And now, with Pennsylvania and with the Cardinal McCarrick scandal, we know that that was a lie. They're not on top of it. And if the laity, 16 years after Boston and the Dallas Charter came out, if they're still willing to be quiet and trust the bishops, then they are complicit in the destruction of their own church. I can remember in my case, when, uh, as you guys know, you've had me on before, I ended up losing my Catholic faith um, uh, in 2006 from covering the scandal. I can remember one milestone on the road to that, to that loss of faith was sitting in a parish in my hometown listening to a priest read a statement from the then bishop of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, reporting that a previous bishop who had since died was in fact a molester. Uh, when the bishop, I mean, sorry, when this priest finished reading his statement, he said to the congregation, now we are not to talk about this. I wish I had done what I wanted to do then, to stand up and say, you are wrong, shame on you, we've got to talk about this. But instead, I forced it all down. I said, just just hold, hold it together, don't cause a spectacle. Catholics have got to start causing these spectacles if they want to see real change. Right. So, Rod... When you look at the whole debacle of what's taken place, the reporting, which has been excellent, are you more optimistic or pessimistic about the state and the future of the Church, the Catholic Church? I'm, I'm quite pessimistic. I mean, you guys know from my book, The Benedict Option, I'm pessimistic about the future of the entire Church, not just the Catholic Church, but Protestant and Eastern Orthodox churches in the West, because we are becoming rapidly a secular uh, society. The country is becoming more and more anti-Christian, so all of us Christians have a hard road to hoe. But in the Catholic case, I think that you know the, the only way any reform or any repentance can happen is to admit the problem first. Mm-hmm. Finally, it seems that the Catholics are at that point because they can't take it anymore. Um, I think there's going to be a lot more to be done. A lot of bishops, they don't know what to do. They're just going to come out and say, oh, no, this was all in the past. We've got this. We're going to fix this. Until we actually start seeing real deeds, we see heads roll in chanceries, nothing's going to change. Pope Francis came out today with a long 2,000-word statement decrying the scandal, saying it's a terrible thing, clericalism is at fault. Everything the Pope said is good, but he did not mention the problem of homosexuality in the priesthood. 
the deep subculture of, of homosexuality, which is a key part of this scandal. And the Pope also offered nothing but words. The time for just words is long past. It's time for the Pope to start doing things like accepting Cardinal World's resignation and moving these malefactors, these cover-up artists, out of Episcopal sees and putting them in a monastery, putting putting younger men in there who are committed to transparency and reform. Rod Dreyer is with us. We're talking about the Catholic Church sex abuse scandal. Uh, more information always. Rod uh, tweets powerfully on Twitter. We'll post information about Rod and the Benedict Option, his excellent work on our Facebook page and uh, John and Kathy show on the uh, on the web. So, Rod, our time's almost up. But, you know, whenever the three of us talk, and we've been sadly talking regularly, I mean, not that we don't love to talk to you, Rod, but we wish we were talking about uh, a more pleasant subject. But the thing I keep coming back to is for those of us who have immersed ourselves in this story over the last couple of weeks and feel just a tremendous sense, and I'm speaking for myself, but I think I'm speaking for both of you as well, a tremendous sense of anger that these victims were not prioritized. Um, that's That's... That's the most minimalistic way I can put it, um, that there was not a recognition of their experience um, and, a, and an all-out attempt to make it right from the very beginning. So we look back at this, and I think the danger, perhaps, is that we tend to be so angry looking outward that we don't recognize that we are all susceptible to that same type of thing. Just this weekend, I was thinking again about Genesis 1, Genesis 2. What ha- When Adam and Eve sinned, the first thing they did was hide. And that's what we all want to do. So as much as we can point the finger, and rightly so, what's going on in the Catholic Church, we are all susceptible to the same type of thing. Exactly. I was just looking today at a great report in World Magazine uh, in which they write about a scandal going on at Liberty University right now in in which Jerry Falwell Jr., the president of the university, is trying to shut down the newspaper and the journalism program from reporting news that he doesn't like. This is not in the same moral universe as sex abuse, but it's the same kind of thing. Hide information that makes us look bad. And uh, Every one of us, as believers in our own lives and in our own parishes, our own congregations, we've got to be aware of this, because if you give uh, a lie for the sake of covering up for one's reputation, if you give it a foothold, it's going to grow into something malicious that will ultimately strangle the Church. Rod Rayer, he is the author of The Little Way of Ruthie Lemming, and most notably, The Benedict Option. Rod, always a pleasure. Yeah, Rod, you've done a great job on this. Thank you. Thanks so much, friends, and let's keep praying for our friends in the uh, Catholic Church, because when any part of the body of Christ suffers, we all suffer. My name is Marla, and I am a teacher in a local public school system. My husband and I heard about brain balance. We were a bit skeptical, of course, but we didn't know what to do. When we went to brain balance, they got it. They listened to us from day one. They were asking me questions that our medical provider was not asking us. And this is going to get us somewhere in one place instead of I'm going to have to run to 15 different spots. About four weeks into the brain balance program, my kid could sit on the couch and just 
breathe. The teachers immediately started noticing that our kids were calmer. As a teacher and a mom, I would say this is one of the most amazing programs I have seen for children. Our lives right now have dramatically changed because of brain balance. My kids, in their own individual ways, received the help that they needed that moved them to a place of balance and harmony. Give your child the foundation they need to succeed in school. Call Brain Balance today and find out how you can change the life of your child and your family. For more information, visit brainbalance.com. You know, you send your kid off to college and you think, who are they going to intersect with? What's that new circle of friends like? Uh, To be honest, uh, I went and saw my boy freshman year. He was super excited because one of his new buddies was from Colorado. Another guy he digs was from Alaska. So it surprised me because I thought, well, you know, Grove City, it's got to be small. It's drawing specifically just from the western Pennsylvania area. But the truth is, they're, I know. It's, it's national. I know. I was surprised by that, too. My my daughter, on her floor, she has somebody from Hawaii and somebody from Puerto Rico. And in this, uh, in this uh, reading group she's involved in, the girl that runs it, the young woman, is from China. Nice. Okay, so, so it's geographically diverse, but also it's Christian diverse. You don't have to go to Grove City College and, you know, cross your T's and dot your I's of your theology. Right. You don't have to have a background in a particular denomination Mm -mm. to go. I mean, look, what I've seen from a parent's perspective after having a child there for a year is that they encourage kids to think. Yeah. The faculty encourage kids to not leave behind the theology that they've grown up with, not at all, but to take that theology that they've grown with and grow further and to under perhaps understand that theology better than they had before. Yep. Okay, so full disclosure, both Kath and I have kids that go to Grove City College. That's why we're talking about it right now. We love it. It's a wide sweep, a lot of diversity, a lot of people from different regions of the country, theologically as well. If you're thinking about Grove City College, we'd highly recommend you check it out. Look for it online, gcc.edu. If you're serious about wanting to be your own boss and if you're serious about wanting to succeed, your very first phone call should be to Vanguard. Rob Thomas is living proof of how quickly you can grow with Vanguard Cleaning Systems' proven model of success. That's only shocking, ain't it? Shock me. <laughs> when I started, it was me and my brother in a truck. Now I got two company trucks, eight people that work for me, and I got an office on Braddock Avenue. And that's in a year and a half. They give me my first contract, a company down on the North Shore. The next thing you know, one turn to two. Two turn to three, three turn to ten. Because they got good reviews about my work, makes me feel like I'm making a difference. The trainer was good. You get a lot of one-on-one time, FaceTime, and it's not like you go through training and that's it. They're always a phone call away. You want to go to Vanguard because they're going to put you in the best position to succeed. With Vanguard backing you, sky's the limit. To start your own janitorial business or expand your current one, call Vanguard Cleaning Systems of Western PA 724 4120 Are you a Word FM? fan club member? If not, what are you waiting for? Get early bird information on local concerts and events, discount tickets, and exclusive contests for cash, trips, and more. Sign up for free at wordfm.com Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers, Mount Nebo Road. Why don't you come because my mom is a really good dentist. Good dental habits begin early with Dr. Megan Stock. I love the joy that children bring to the office. I like creating those good, positive first experiences, and I try to really reinforce that we're there to help and to have a good time at the dental office. My mommy is a really good dentist and she'll take 
good care of you. You have my word on it. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. Scripture tells us that God is love and that love for God is shown in how we love our neighbor. We have neighbors who need us right now. That's why Washington City Mission's Love Thy Neighbor donation drive is so critical. Through your support, you can show God's love to someone living without hope. The precious souls of men, women, and children who need your help today. Make your donation now at citymission.org. And thank you for being a good neighbor. Give today at citymission.org. Mostly cloudy and muggy tonight with a couple of late night showers as the cold front approaches, a low of 67 degrees. Showers in the morning tomorrow will be accompanied by afternoon and early evening thunderstorms that could be severe with damaging winds and flash flooding, a high of 78 tomorrow. Another shower or two around later tomorrow night, a low of 65. And breezy and cooler Wednesday with a shower or two, a thunderstorm even in spots with a high of 72. I'm Aki Weather Meteorologist Steve Travis on 101.5 Word FM. So last week, at length, we talked about the grand jury report that was released. Guest after guest, we finished Friday's show with taking your phone calls. And so I hesitated in some ways to, Kath and I did, to to bring guests on the air to talk about this today. Because it feels as though we've really worked Mm -hmm. this a lot. Yeah, it seems like we've really kind of delved into the opinion out there and found a lot of guests who we feel like are giving an honest perspective on it. But, you know, this story is still progressing. Um, and my, our role is not to be reporters here, but I can tell you that it sounds like there are going to be, um, more news events related to this story coming up in the next five to seven days. Right. And, and also, I mean, I don't want to just, just because we think, oh, well, maybe we're, we're a little weary of talking about this. I feel as though I owe a, a debt to, to the victims themselves to keep it in some ways front in of, focus. Yep, at, at the front of our minds. Yeah. And, and and I also, I so was appreciative of your thoughts and phone calls last week that I, I'd like to hear more about this, you know, as Sunday unfolded. Yeah, and maybe some of you who are Catholic went to Mass yesterday. Um, there, there are stories on Twitter right now of people from different parts of the country and different dioceses going to Mass and relating what their experience was, whether they were really, really touched by it. That's a story that I talked about with our, with Rod in our last segment. Just Beautiful moments between priests and parishioners just having honest conversation. There were a lot of people who went to Mass yesterday and were disappointed um, at what was discussed or what wasn't discussed. So we'd love to open up the phone lines and hear from you. Yeah, 800-320-8255, 800-320-8255. If you're Catholic, were you happy with what you heard at Mass yesterday? Um, was there uh, a reading of the letter from the Pope? Was there a conversation between priest and parishioner? Um were, were people going up to talk to the priest after mass? Like, how, how, what was that like? Right, and, and I also wonder, you know, Kath and I and Mike, because we talked about this and covered and read about it so much. Quite honestly, when the weekend came upon us, I, I was spent, and I just I can only imagine what the people, you know, who are the particulars who are involved in this, how they. Are you know processing through this? The victims themselves finally having some sort of air in their story, and it's being heard and acknowledged, and there is sympathy and all that for them. How how they responded after that conversation, after the uh, the grand jury report was last week was re- released last week, and also too within the church, 
How are the priests responding to Mm -hmm. this in the diocese of the city of Pittsburgh and across the state of Pennsylvania? How is Bishop Zubik holding up in, in, in his health and his mental state? What's happening in Washington, D.C. with Bishop Whirl and, you know, the, the deep controversy? I mean, you know, the news today was that the high school, uh, you know, the Bishop Whirl uh, signage was defaced with red paint. And, you know, there's a lot of anger and a lot of angst uh, still over this story, as well there should be, because it's just not, you yeah, know, the 24-hour news cycle. It should not go away. So continuing on with this at 800-320-8255 to hear what what your thoughts are even after this weekend and we've got a little bit of distance between us 800-320-8255 if you're catholic and you were at mass yesterday was there you know a conversation between priest and uh parishioner what did that look like or are we wrong are you sick of this? Mm-hmm. Are you wishing this would just go away and it would find its way into other stories that, you know, sort of go through the news cycle? Give us a call. 800-320-8255. We'll step away for just a few minutes. Back in just a bit. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy. You think you're getting a price hold, but really you're signing up for Windows. And if you don't cancel within three days, you're obligated to that contract. Energy Swing Windows Donnie Dara on the length some companies will go to get your business. What some salesmen from national companies are doing is they're getting homeowners to sign something that says they're going to hold your price for 30 days. But what they're really signing is a contract that says you only have three days to cancel. And they don't tell you that. It's a trick. And people are really getting ripped off by this. We don't pressure people at Energy Swing. There's not frying print at all. What you see is what you get. That's why we won the Better Business Bureau Torch Award three years in a row. That's why we just, in in Western Pennsylvania, won the best of the best on our website. There's actually a video that shows why we were voted as that. When you do the right things right, you're recognized for that. Energy Swing, best of the best. Right now, Word FM listeners get an exclusive 5% off over and above any current offers on windows and doors. Visit EnergySwingWindows.com. Dr. Bob Arnott for Salon Pass. I'm training for the world's most grueling paddleboard race. 32 miles of open ocean, high winds, and surf. Naturally, I get a lot of muscle pain. 50 years in medicine has taught me what to look for in a pain reliever. Powerful, targeted, non-addictive, and available without a prescription. I found it in Salon Paz Lidocaine Plus. It has two powerful anesthetics that numb nerves right where it hurts. Salon Paz gives me relief. Send me to... While it's back to school for everyone else, you're looking to take your next step. If only your high school diploma came with a career game plan. The good news is Express Employment Professionals is here to help. If you're looking for immediate work, sign up for the Express Jobs app and you'll be able to apply for a variety of quality jobs quickly and easily. If you want to continue learning and building skills, you can access 18 free CTC courses through their Express Learn program. Learn more today at ExpressPros.com or call 412-264-2000. Over two Two-thirds of Christian young people will step away from their faith while attending a non-Christian college or university. But Word FM and Salem Media Pittsburgh have a solution. Salem Media Pittsburgh has partnered with Judson University, a private Christian college, in offering a limited number of special grants designed to decrease the cost of tuition by over half. These tuition grants are available now. Call our tuition solution specialist at 412-503-4769 to reserve yours. 
Hi, everybody. This is Craig Wolfley from my friends at Jane D. Waterproofing. For every waterproofing or foundation repair, a portion of the proceeds go to the Light of Life Rescue Mission or the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Hello, this is Ralph Sindrich. I'm proud to be a part of this program and such a fine service to be offered to the community. For every job commitment, I'll provide a signed copy of my book, NFL Brawl. Call for a free estimate at 1-800-VERY-DRY. That's 1-800-VERY-DRY. Or visit us on the web at jdwaterproofing.com. We've got open phones at 800-320-8255. Wondering where you are with the Catholic Church scandal. If you were at a... Nobody's called. I'm surprised by that. Maybe that's the answer. Yeah, maybe everybody's just sick of talking about it. Could be. Um, well, sadly, I don't think we should stop talking no, about no, no, it. No, 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 no. So i gotta, I got to read you this story. This is um, Catholic News Service this morning. No, yesterday. Um, It says this, in an August 16th interview with Eternal Word Television Network, which is EWT, um, Erie Bishop Lawrence T. Persico said that the only way to regain the trust of the laity after decades-long claims of sexual abuse by priests and others at six Pennsylvania dioceses is by deeds. And one of those deeds may mean getting rid of bishops who hid abusers. Now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you are familiar with the grand jury report that came out last week um, from the attorney general's office in the state of Pennsylvania, one person that he mentioned was Erie Bishop Lawrence T. Persico. And the reason that he's mentioned is because he, because he was the only bishop in Pennsylvania to decide to come voluntarily before the grand jury. Fabulous. And he said – I saw a, a few um, – interviews with him and he said that he didn't want to do it but he felt like he had to he said i know who wants to do that who wants to but he felt like he had to and and the attorney general general and the grand jurors said he sat there and he heard it he took it and he heard it and that is what a bishop should do in his position because in you're this a leader. circumstance you're a leader this is what your job is so ever since then he's been a hero of mine heck yeah he has taking your phone calls 800-320-8255 uh we talked about it a lot last week we picked up this thread today because the the pope came out today with a, a, a well i guess people were describing as a heartfelt apology which is good but uh give us a call rose uh you're with us live on the air today thanks for calling how are you I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Well, what are your thoughts about this? You know, it's it, it, I, I'm, it's a very difficult conversation to have with people, but from my perspective, when I'm almost 60 now, but when I was 21, I was raped. And Sorry. I had to live with the guilt, the shame, the, the question of what I do to cause this. Mm-hmm. And so... It took me years to heal, but my my foundation, my salvation, I should say, was the fact that I knew that the Lord had forgiven me, and I, even though I didn't do anything wrong, but He was still my Savior. He was still my rock. But the people that were abused, and they were led to believe that, from what I'm hearing, that they... God was punishing them because right. of what the pastors were saying. Yes. These people did not have that ground. They did not have that foundation. So to answer your question, no, I, I don't think the conversation should stop now. I think, if anything, it should be ramped mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. So the people 
the family members of those that have died with this in their minds. They have to also heal. The people mm-hmm. that finally get wind in their sails or wind to quote you wind behind their stories. Yes. They have to heal. So I, I think until it is the, the apologies are good. They're that's wonderful. Yes, but until there is true change and the people believe that they're not going to be punished by God because of an act that somebody else did, I don't think it should ever stop. That's a great phone call. Thanks, Rose. Yeah. First off, Rose, uh, we're so sorry for what you've suffered. But I think I want to add something onto what you said, and that is not just does God still love you, um, but God saw what was done to you. And God is a God of justice, and he is on your side in that. God is on the side of those who are oppressed. Bible tells us that over and over and over again. So it's not just the fact. I mean, it is amazing as, as the idea is that God's love is, is eternal, but his defense of you in that instance will never change. Yeah. And Rose, and I'm sure, you know, because of that rape, that, you know, you are in that same status as those other victims that were perpetrated upon, you know, we're talking about this last week from the church. So there's that right. kindred spirit there. Right. And I was able to heal over the years, and it eventually was, you know, I was able to get it out and work through my issues. And, but the people that, and it was unrelated to faith, but the people that, you know, have, they used faith as a weapon towards mm-hmm. them. Right. I think they have and will always have a harder time to heal and a harder um, path to to sow, so to speak, than I did. Right. Especially um, because, you know, if you're a, a young kid and you're abused, you know, 7, 8, 10, 12, whatever, and you think, well, God was in this, you know, uh, God ordained this, and the priest told me that, you know, uh, right. that's an awfully plus huge a, ba- plus, barrier. You know, you, you talked so eloquently last week, John, about growing up Catholic and the, the type of trust and respect that Let's you in. In, that you invested in your local parish priest. I mean, just that sense of violation is overwhelming enough, let alone when the person says they're speaking for God. Yes, and to be a small child and to, to have all that swirling around in your head. Thanks an awful lot, Rose. 800-320-8255, 800-320-8255. I'm curious, um, did you attend Mass yesterday and or, you know, over the weekend, Saturday night, and what was that like? Was there conversation from the pulpit, from the priest, about what it happened Uh, we'll take a quick break come back stay with us be right back RPTS, the Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Point Breeze, presents the 2018 Westminster Conference, Saturday, September 8th, at Memorial Park Church in Allison Park. Join Drs. Ligon Duncan, Joel Beakey, Michael Lefebvre, and RPTS President Barry York for this year's theme, Soundly Preaching the Word of God, preaching that is plain, faithful, wise, and zealous. The 2018 Westminster Conference, bringing the Westminster Confession into the 21st century. 
Register now at rpts.edu. Sponsoring a child with compassion is the most effective way to end extreme child poverty. Release a child from poverty when you become a compassion sponsor. Choose your child now at compassion.com slash radio. Do your part to release a child from poverty today. You've commit yourself to pastoring and preaching from the Word of God. You've got to do that against the background of a collapsing culture. And then you've got to do it because of the nature of Scripture itself. Word FM presents Know the Truth. Philip DeCourcy at the 2018 Pastor Appreciation Luncheon. To preach the Bible as the handbook for life rather than as a revelation of Christ is to turn the Bible into an entirely different book. A free event for pastors, October 3rd at Heinz Field. RSVP now at wordfm.com slash pal. Hey, thanks for joining us. Taking your phone calls. Uh, curious about what happened yesterday at Mass, if you were there, and if your priest spoke to the grand jury report and the sex abuse case that's permeating throughout all the Catholic Church here, especially in the state of Pennsylvania and western Pennsylvania as well. Linda, uh, thanks for coming along today. How are you today? Oh, I'm fine, thank you. Um, I attended Saturday evening Mass. That's usually when I go. Yes. And my priest did address this issue. He was very... Um, he was very humble. He was, to me, he was literally broken. He was so, so sorry. And he was ashamed. He said, this, you know, this brings shame on all of us. And he said it was from Satan. And I agree oh, with that. Oh, that's 100%. I agree 100% too. I'm well, that, so glad to hear to hear that, that he said it in yeah. that way. Well, how was that like, oh, Linda? Was it during and his he sermon? Left. Yes, this was during his homily, Mm -hmm. but he actually, as he was giving his homily, he began to break down. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it it was heart-rendering for Mm -hmm. all of us. Um, But he's a good, and I told him that at the end of Mass, you know, he's a good and faithful man. And they're all tainted by this um, evil. No doubt. And and it's a shame. It is a shame. Thanks a lot, Linda. Appreciate it. That's yeah. really all Thank, I wanted to Yeah, say. thanks sure, for calling in. Well, I'm, I'm glad that there was that heartfelt emotion. You know, um, that's the problem. All these good priests are now lumped into this same container. I follow somebody, a, a Catholic priest on Twitter. He said uh, on a tweet yesterday that he walked into a store wearing his collar and someone, some unseen person yelled out, pedophile. And so you know that that's going to be mm-hmm. the norm now, right, that all these poor guys – who are good and honorable yeah. men who are doing uh, the goodness of God's work, now they're lumped in with this is the what, perverts. This right, is what yeah. they all suffer. Yeah, 800-320-8255. Uh, can I take this call, Mike? Uh, hi, is this Jeannie? Yes, it is. Hi, Jeannie. Yeah, you're on the air with us. How are you doing? Good. Good, yeah. Yes, I'm on the air. Am I on the air now? Yep. Yes, ma'am, you are. Okay. Um, yes, I just wanted to talk about um, what was happening in the Catholic Church? Yeah, you go right ahead. What's on your mind? Okay, um, I real quickly. Um, I was very involved. My parents were very involved when I was in school. We went to Catholic school, and I was very involved when my children were in Catholic school. And I think some of the responsibility is the people in the actually in the Catholic Church because we we try. A lot of people don't want to see what's going on, and they give too much power to the priest, to the diocese. And when there are problems, um, which my mom and dad went through some things, and I also had experienced um, some things that went on in our church, and you try to get through to someone to, you know, 
tell them what's going on, and it's really hard um, to get through to um, to to talk about a priest. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking about the abuse, which is the absolute most horrible thing. And this was not even close to anything that major. And to try to get them to to try to get anyone to deal with it is so hard. And the, then it's it's not just it's not it, it, everything is covered up because um, they don't want to even even when the issues do come out and they deal with it and they move the priest. Um, there's nothing ever said after that. And the people that have to deal with the issue, the people that are like have to go to them and say this is what's happening and people in the parish find out that you're you're going to, and you try to keep it private because you really don't want the church affected your church affected and you go to them privately and have them try to take care of it then everyone in the parish looks at you and says i can't believe that you you went against your prayer, that you went against him, that you did this. Huh. Right, right, right. All right. Okay, that's, so that's, that's complex. And I think in some ways that speaks to one of the issues about this, that, you know, there are so many men who are priests, but then instead of, you know, becoming or, or staying holy, they become essentially administrators. Right. And, and then once you become an administrator, your job is to protect the organization that you are administering right. to. And it doesn't mean we don't need administrators, but we Thanks don't need you. administrators like that. No. Right, just shuffling it down the road. That, that's always that's been a, you know a persistent complaint against the church, no matter if it's the Catholic Church mm-hmm. or not. That you know, ministration gets in the way of true godly right. work. Someone has to keep the lights going. Yep. Right. I mean, it's one of those things. You know, maintaining uh, an organization, a building, is is a, a lot of work, but that should never come at the expense of spiritual leadership. Exactly. That's why there's a good staff in place. Hey, thanks enough a lot. Always appreciate it. Uh, look for us as we stream. John and Kathy Show. John and Kathy. It's a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. This is Lon Hee Chen of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. Democrats have long boasted. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.